Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello, it's great to be with you. Today, we are talking about the gift of self-awareness. And just to kind of define that up front, self-awareness is recognizing and understanding things like our mood and our emotions and our drives. What's driving me? What am I feeling? Why do I feel this way? All that stuff, self-awareness. And if you're familiar with Chris Lowney's book, Heroic Leadership, he talks about self-awareness as one of these four pillars. And I actually love the book, just to say, I feel like it's a textbook for life. Um, And he tends to be talking about things in that book as it relates to success in work. But I've taken it out of context in my own world personally, just to say this is about life overall. And in particular with self-awareness, I've tended to feel like if I was drawing out his pillars, self-awareness is the foundation. You would put it on the bottom and everything else would build off of it. And so that awareness, again, is things like our actions, what's going on with my character traits, how do I lead into the things that I do, what virtues am I living by, all of this becomes the building block. And so rather than self-awareness being this topic of dread, maybe like, oh, I've got to think about myself, I tend to find this to be a super inspiring topic. And I'm hoping that that will be true for all of us as we dive into this conversation. Well, I appreciate you even naming that uh, this could be a dreadful topic for some people. I don't know all the details around it, but I think there's been studies that have been done where people, you know, sit alone in a room and... Uh, they have to reflect. And I think in this study, shock therapy, like they could, they could get out of being alone by, you know, shocking themselves. And I, I don't remember all the statistics, but I do remember that for some people, it can be challenging to be alone, to be contemplative or to become self-aware. So I appreciate you naming that because I think it can be challenging for some people. Yes, that's pretty intense to choose shock therapy over a self-reflection time, but I think you're right. It can be, or, or maybe some people wonder if I am leaning into self-awareness, does that mean I am narcissistic because I'm thinking about myself? So I think that really defining what self-awareness is, that it's recognizing and understanding our moods, our drives, our emotions. I think that that so ties in with the contemplative and it, it tends to be, you know, often we talk about, let's just be aware and we don't have to change. We don't have to fix, but how, how are you being aware right now in your life? So yeah, I think it, it makes a lot of sense that this would be one of those pillars that he describes. Yeah. I think the good news in all of this is like our character and our actions, all these things that we do, they're not fixed, which might be something that we imagine, oh, I've done this so many times. This must be true. But in point of fact, we are shaped and reshaped by every single experience that we have. And so if I come face to face with something in myself that is bristly, Instead of being like, oh, that's so bad. I thought I was so great. And I'm not, (laughs) you know, the next action that I take is part of the journey and it shapes what is to come. And if I am able to keep taking those steps, that changes things because we're not fixed. We are shaped and shaped again, as it turns out. Yeah, And I, I like you describing this idea of knowing ourselves 
as a journey, because I think that is definitely true. And there's a there's a poem that I've been resonating with lately. And the title of the poem is called Crossing Unmarked Snow. And so that in itself is journey, right? But uh, there are four phrases that are, you know, that stuck out to me in this poem. And this is what it says. The things you do not have to say make you rich. Saying the thing you do not have to say weakens your talk. Hearing the things you do not need to hear dulls your hearing. The things you know before you hear them, those are you. And this is the reason you are in the world. Talking about knowing yourself, it is a journey. And like the things that you don't need to say, uh, making you rich, the things that you that you know, the things that you feel like you have to say, uh, dulling your speech and knowing what makes you you in this world, I, I think is super important. And that's that's sort of the the goal of what we're talking about with self-awareness. I love it. It's so beautiful. And and I think meaningful because we can learn some new thing. You know, recently, for example, I learned uh, well, I, I didn't learn it like I'd never heard about it before, but we, I was studying transference and countertransference. And even in reading it initially, I thought like, oh, this, I don't know how I would do this in my life. I don't have an example in mind. And then um, I am I am in training for spiritual direction. And so I have clients, but like I have a supervisor and I have Pierce group and I'm not like being paid for it. It's, it's all like schooling. And uh, I was talking with my supervisor about this emotion that I had. And as I was talking about this emotion, um, I didn't realize it was my emotion. And she said, is that their emotion or is that your emotion? And even before she got the question out of her mouth, I was like, oh, it's mine. That is my emotion based on my life experience. And I totally because I felt that way, was feeling all this empathy for somebody who was not even exhibiting that in the way that they were responding to me. And that's, and I was like, and this is how it works. This is what it means to be living in a world where we have emotions and we don't necessarily always think about how we're engaging with those emotions. And I think I have a lot of emotions. I'm not always particularly uh, thoughtful about them. And so it's really nice to be able to sit and say, okay, what is going on <laughs> in my world? And Christina, I like what you're highlighting because self-awareness doesn't necessarily mean sitting in a room by yourself, reflecting to your point earlier, Chris. You're, you're giving a wonderful example of, I have a peer group with whom I'm learning together with. I have this mentor in my life for whom I am sharing these experiences. And so I think as we are living our life and it's sort of this action reflection, action reflection, we are acting, we are moving in the world. And then sometimes that is reflection with maybe a journal or a walk or a quiet or a poem. Sometimes it is though with other people and hey, this is what's happening and being able to have that reflected back to you then turns into that self-awareness piece that then you can then go back and do some more action and reflection. So I, I really appreciate that cycle that we're drawing out today. Yeah. And I appreciate you naming that, you know, there are different ways to, to go about self-awareness and, you know, it can be in the context of community, but I also think there is something to uh, being drawn into solitude. I think this this notion of solitude, this drawing us out uh, into quiet spaces, 
to listen to ourselves is, is super important and super real. And uh, I think, I don't know that everybody should respond to solitude. Um, I, I think it wouldn't hurt. Uh, I think you'll learn a lot of interesting things about yourself. If you, if you go um, away for a day uh, on a retreat or a quiet solitude um, to, to enrich your soul, I think it definitely couldn't hurt. But again, I know that people are, are at different places in their life and they respond in different ways. And so I think, I think it's important to name that Christina. Yeah. And I think, you know, to your point too, that again, our personalities are seasons. I was just sitting with someone recently and uh, journaling has been a practice that he's had in past parts of his life. And currently it hasn't been part of his life and just sort of this desire to re-engage in journaling for some self-awareness and just feeling like, I don't even know where to start with this. Like I have this journal and it feels intimidating to me. Although I know in the past, somehow putting pen to paper, not typing does something for me. And so, you know, he, he got his journal out and, um, he had a question that he came with and I was like, well, why don't you write that question at the top of the page and then just see what comes up. So spent a few minutes doing that. And then I invited him to read it aloud. Um, and then as he did, I'm like, what, what word is shimmering to you from your journal entry? And so it was like, oh my gosh, like he just circled this one particular word that resonated with him. And then from there went on like another 10 minute reflection and going deeper on that particular word that led to a second journaling page about something that was totally different than maybe that, or maybe not different, but sort of definitely deepening that initial question that he had. And it was beautiful to see this journaling practice unfolding the self-awareness. And he needed that tangible in the moment with my pen and paper, it was too hard maybe to articulate with words, but he could somehow do it that way where other people it's like, you know, I sit down and I'm just crying and, you know, there's something coming out of me of my awareness of, you know, I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed. I'm disappointed in myself. And I think, um, with that person, I invited them to reflect on like what's going well. Like, you know, I think you're tending to maybe beat yourself up and look at all the mistakes. And it was like this huge pause of like, wow, okay, I am showing up in this way, this way, and this way well. And that took sort of some deeper reflection and self-awareness that I don't think they would have done otherwise. And so I think even this idea of self-awareness, it is a gift. I love the title of this. It is a gift of self-awareness and it can come in many different forms. And I feel like even some of your examples there highlight this both and scenario where like the journaling one in particular, he's both with you. And then as he goes into his journaling moment, he's with himself and they're almost like somehow connected. They're together, which is also really interesting. So somehow there's a both and scenario. And it strikes me like in Lowney's book, uh, he has questions that people can ask themselves around self-awareness and maybe the wording fits or doesn't fit for each individual. Maybe you have to change it for yourself. But his first question is like, Oh, what baggage do I need to get rid of? And so if I think about, you know, this emotion that I'm having that I'm then like assuming other people have that same emotion as me in their same circumstances. Well, clearly that's some baggage for me. Right. And so I need to work through that emotion a little bit. So now every time that I'm going to sit down, right? As I get still, I now have this as information and I can like, kind of come into a more grounded space, a deeper space. I can move forward with different intention. There's a different sort of thriving. Um, that emotion won't become judgment towards somebody else. That's not even, it doesn't even need to be there. The whole kit and caboodle. 
as you're saying that, one of the things that comes up for me, in particular in relation to self-awareness, is I think sometimes in life we've been giving these concepts or these, I call them life commandments. We've been giving we've been given by other people that are close to us, these life commandments that we're living out. An example of that is, you know, wasting was a life commandment that was given to me by my parents. Don't waste. And so, you know, I, I've been in places where waste is a great crime and sin, but in my own house, you know, I'm like giving these life commandments that I've been passed down to my kids. And so instead of like, what do I actually want to teach my kids about the things that we have, you know, about our food, about the toys, do I have to, do I have to present it in the way that it's been presented to me? Or can I change that life commandment to something new that would actually probably be more relatable to my own children? and the world that they're growing up in. That's great. Yeah, actually the second question in Lonnie's book of what are my goals, right? So if the if the virtue is like don't waste, if you will, what's why? What why is that important? How does that relate to the story? Yeah, and I think, you know, the transference, countertransference, they're really big words, right? But it's essentially like what's going on in us that we're putting onto another person, right? And I think we do that often. And, you know, it kind of makes me wonder what happens when we don't have self-awareness? I think when we go through our lives without self-awareness, that's where either, you know, we end up in these crabby, judgmental, bitter sort of states, you know, to the extreme, right? Or even just stagnation where, you know, there's not growth happening because maybe we're afraid of self-awareness. I mean, I think depending on our image of ourselves, our image of God, if we think that we're going to be met with harshness and judgment from God, well, that doesn't sound very appealing for self-awareness versus this gentleness, this awareness that is bringing life and bringing us into greater fruition and that's generative. And so I think even naming some of that, I think is helpful that that can become a barrier to self-awareness and then we we don't have it. And then we end up just sort of in this little silo where we're not thriving to use your words earlier, Christina. That's an excellent point. I read an amazing uh, bit of information from Joan Chittister recently, where she talks about these very sorts of things, right? Like, if my God is harsh taskmaster, then I'm walking around just throwing gauntlets everywhere. And how does that impact me? And then that question, because did I even know that I see God that way or was I just kind of living my life with these kind of blinders on? And so, yes, it, it helps us to recognize where are my blind spots? And then, yes, as we discover them, oh, do I want that? Do I like that? Or do I really even believe that? Which then allows me to, yeah, move into this place of thriving. And I think, you know, of course, the classic verses from Jesus, where the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love neighbor is self. And, you know, those three pieces of loving self, loving God, loving others, and all three of those playing into relationship with the world, right? And of course, you can expand from that. But I think that is important of there is definitely connection with how I'm relating to my ideas of God, myself, and others that play into this. Right. That is perfect. Right. And, and, and it is that we've sometimes talked about the spiritual, the mental, the emotional, the physical, right? It does play into all of these places. That's a really good point. Well, thank you guys so much for this conversation. I feel inspired and energized. Now is the time in our podcast where we take a moment to talk about what we are into. So I'm eager to hear, what are you guys into today? 
Well, I have been into, uh, we are in Advent season. And so one of my responsibilities is the music that happens in our, in our faith community. And we have a lot of kids that are able to showcase their instruments with these sort of Christmas tunes. And so it's been fun working with kids and seeing music flow out of them. Uh, and, and so I've really enjoyed the music of this Advent season. And uh, I've, I've really been into, yeah, just seeing that come alive in others. Nice. Um, well, I am into dog sledding. And so by the time this airs, our family will hopefully have gone on a dog sledding, or actually I think the correct term is mushing, dog mushing is what we're going to be doing. But um, we've been looking into kind of fun winter activities to do. And so this is going to be one of our kids' Christmas presents is uh, going on winter break uh, up north a few hours to do dog sledding. And I've never done anything like this before, but it just sounded like a fun adventure. So perhaps on a future podcast, I will report what I'm into, how it went, but maybe I'm into planning our dog sledding adventure as a family. These are both so exciting. I love, I love getting to see kids play instruments and, and learn. And I am amazed the culture here in Wisconsin towards dog sledding or mushing. Um, it doesn't exist in New England, but our third child last year had a whole uh, I don't even know what they're called, like chapter or something as part of their curriculum. So it is a really big culture here in Wisconsin, in case you live elsewhere. <laughs> I am into a new book that I got. It's a poetry book called Susceptible to Light. I had first heard of it in a... Um, group meditation thing and somebody brought a couple poems from it and I was so struck by them that they kind of spoke to the human and that connection to God but in very everyday sorts of ways and so I got this book um, Shailene Harkin is the author and I, w I was reading some of the poems waiting for my kids to get out of school and I would just burst out laughing in my car They're, they just really touch you in a particular kind of a way so that is what I am into. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. As you may have figured out, we very much value community and relationship here at the Contemplative Life. We talk about it all the time. And so we would love to hear from you. We'd love for you to drop us a line, maybe tell us where you're listening from, or even let us know if you have questions or topics that you would like to see addressed here on the podcast. And so all of our contact info is right on the front page of our website, the contemplativelife.net. Thanks so much for being with us. We will see you again soon.